0: I wish someone would have told me that sometimes when you grow, it can actually create more relational disorientation and other skills need to be applied to navigate it. Before we get into that, welcome to The Art of Growth. My name is Jim Zartman, and today, Joel Hubbard and I are getting into this topic, continuing our series on Connection. If you are new to us, you can find out more about us at theartofgrowth.org. You can take a free Enneagram test or instincts test there or sign up for our newsletter to know about things that are coming up soon, like our next group coaching on Connection, which will change the way you relate to those around you, or the upcoming certification in the Enneagram that we are doing. All of that is at theartofgrowth.org. We exist to help individuals and organizations function better so you enjoy your lives, so you experience a clear sense of identity, of purpose, and community. So let's get into this week's episode.
1: When I first met my late father-in-law, he had this like two-hour conversation with me after <laughs> I had driven four and a half, five hours, probably longer than that, to New York, to the one of the boroughs there, Staten Island. I made my way all the way there. It's 11 o'clock at night, and he has a two-hour conversation with me. <laughs> and I thought, well, this must be the price of admission. <laughs> well, normally you would like that. So, Well, normally. Yeah. So this is your first time meeting him? My first time meeting him. Okay. And I did enjoy it, but there was like a, definitely like, okay, I gotta, I gotta show up here. I get, you know, I can't just. Was this uh, like the third degree? Like, what are your intentions with my daughter conversation? Like. It was never that direct. It was sort of like he was feeling it out, you know? Mm. Um, And then later he told me, he said, you know, I think it's probably years later. He said, I was just really relieved that she didn't bring home another project. Ooh, Yeah. And I laughed and I thought, well, yeah, I've done the same, like bringing home projects. Oh, for sure. And I've been the project in other situations mm. as well. It made me think of how connections are formed oftentimes around this, and I've mentioned this before, the savior and survivor or savior-victim kind of relationship.
0: Yeah,
1: And the question is, what happens when that system that kind of connection no longer works. Like what happens if you grow, you change, you get, you know, you no longer need the
0: saving. And maybe you didn't in the first place, but the two people assumed those roles Mm -hmm. sometimes when they began, but sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you change
1: and you no longer need that, and you're the person that you have, this is your value. Mm-hmm. This is how you evaluate yourself. This is how you feel valuable is by being somebody who is there for other people, who helps other people, mm. who, you know, is, is is fixing them. Well, if they don't need any more fixing, they feel like they don't. Maybe they do, mm. but they feel like they don't. And they say, yeah. I don't really want it anymore from you. What then? Does the fixing in the fixer stop? Uh, or do you still feel like I still need to be that person in the relationship with another. Like, I don't know how to play another role? I don't know how to play another role. Got it. And I wonder if that's true for a lot of people in in connections and relationships. And that, I think, is what creates sometimes these sort of fixed, static kind of relationships mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, you're you and you're in a particular, you know, role and I'm me and I'm in a in, in a particular role. And so it doesn't allow for that that growth to take place. But yet, I think that if that happens, there's two options. One is you split up. The other option is that you stay the same, you stay you together, but you're sort of like your, your relationship isn't thriving. But I think the alternative to all of that is that you deepen, you grow. You recognize that maybe the savior in me or the victim in me, maybe that part can grow, right? So if that person no longer needs me in the way that I thought they did, what is my role now? What is my gift to the, my, my contribution to the relationship? Or why is it that I needed so much to be the savior? Why? What, what's going on in me that oh, yeah. I'm not, something I'm not paying attention to. And I've watched this happen on numerous clients that I've coached where that shift has happened. Family
0: no longer needs them as much and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Oh, that makes me think that some relationships where people say, well, this other person has changed. They're not the person I knew anymore. I think, you know, sometimes the context is that that person is now not in a position where they need you to play the same kind of role. Yeah. And so we don't know who we are to each other now. Right,
1: right. There's a whole, it's a rediscovery. Yeah, okay. And I think there's a sort of like virtue around never changing. (laughs) It's, Mm. It's like this thing of like, well, I'm still the same. You're the one who's changed. Yeah. And some changes aren't really good at all. Some sure. of them is like you, you you pretended to be somebody in order to, uh, you know, to get what you wanted to get, and then you relaxed into the truer self. That happens, sure. But I think we overplay the virtue of you know I've I'm not changing. I haven't changed. Right. When I think actually we should all be growing and changing, not changing from a to a different person or changing to a different type. Let's say. But you're growing and changing from sort of the, you know, lower habits, the habits that aren't really helpful. You're having new insights, new awarenesses. And And you're not as
0: defending the ego. Yeah. You're not as self-protective and, you know, guarded. The things that happen when people mature is those things soften. Yeah. So the things that used to be edges now are, they're smoother. Yeah. So, yeah. And you take, you know, more responsibility for Areas of your
1: life that you've been under-responsible in, in areas where you've been over-responsible, you're kind of pulling back. And when that happens,
0: the dynamic of the relationship shifts. Yes. When you're talking about responsibility, this other person took responsibility— for the other in a particular area, mm-hmm. like they were always on them to take care of themselves, eat better, get healthy, and then that other person kind of really takes something on for themselves, they get a new like lease on life passion thing that they 're getting into, and the other person's like, but i 'm now not involved in that new thing you 're doing to stay in shape or yeah. s- so i don 't even know where I fit in your life right now, so there's so many things where when a person shifts, when they do change, mm. you have to renegotiate. It's a relationship. Absolutely. It's a renegotiation. Yeah. I heard a psychologist talking about this recently where they were talking about how every relationship has an expiration date. It's just that when that expiration date comes up and the two people change, do you (laughs) re-up for a new relationship? Hmm. Do you say okay, I'm going to have now a new kind of relationship with this person or am I still like upset that it's not the relationship I thought I signed up for in the first place? Yeah. Because so many people, this I've heard with lots of different clients, like, well, this is how we started as a relationship. This is how we started as a couple. You know, this is the kind of friend this person was. You know, my sibling and I used to have this kind of role and then now this change has occurred and I don't know. I don't know what we are to each other now. I don't know how I fit in their life yeah. or I don't know how they fit in mine now. So I start pulling away. Yeah. All of these things can start to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But I like this idea that you have to renegotiate what the relationship is now. Yeah. That has to form a new context.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a really good point. I think you think about the expiration date and that does feel viscerally to me anyways, like, yeah, that I totally feel that. And I have felt Mm -hmm. that. And then, What? And then that's the point where you say, Mm. do I go and form a different relationship or do I press more deeply? Because I believe that if you press more deeply, what you realize is that it's not always just that I've grown past some situation or past a person, but that I've grown in a way that requires me to interact with this other person in a different way. Yeah, There's a sort of like neuroplasticity that's talked about your brain can change, right? Mm. And so it's a new wiring. But the relationship is a kind of brain as well, and it needs a neural oh. wiring. Oh, interesting. Right? Because there's a sort of catharsis that happens, a rhythm, a pattern, something yeah. that's familiar, that keeps you grounded, that keeps you feeling like, I don't have to be on in this moment, or I can relax. I can. There's a certain way of, of doing that. Even if there's a hypervigilance in the relationship, it's like I'm familiar with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? That's the
1: brain of the relationship.
0: Oh, that's so true. We've been talking about this, the energy that's created between two people. We've brought it up several times in different episodes, but I do like this idea of that uh, it's a an external brain almost yeah. that forms its own neuropathways, patterns of behavior. It has its own personality. <laughs> it has its own almost ego structure that it defends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then all of that does get questioned as the two people do shift and they have to like form new relational neuropathways. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's an interesting thing when you realize like that brain is very, very hardwired. And so that that's going to cause when you change, when mm. you have a different way of seeing things, when you feel like you're individuating a little bit more, perhaps you've been, the relationship is too enmeshed, you know, it's like mm. too familiar with each other. Yeah. And so you individuate, you pull back a little bit, uh, the the desire on for both is both a sense of like you might feel like I'm I need space I need to individuate I need to discover who I am, but at the same time there's like I want to be connected I dis I don't like the disconnection, and I think that's also what keeps people from growing. Honestly, is I think people in systems. I mean, most of us are in some kind of relational system, and. That system, that brain, really has expectations of how you perform within that.
0: And I think even a word like disconnection is sometimes experientially true, but realistically hyperbolic. Because it's not that an actual disconnection. It's just like, well, it's, it's stretched. It's taking on a new context. So I feel like... It's not connecting in the familiar ways. Yeah. And so I don't know how to connect now with this person. And that can feel like disconnection. So I think a lot of times we feel disconnected to someone just because the relationship is actually trying to evolve. Yeah. It's trying to become something even more beautiful often. But at times it's like, ah, but the familiarity, which felt like stability, is not the same as it was. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a disorientation, yeah, more than a
1: disconnection perfect that's yeah. a great word for it, yeah because it's it's so unfamiliar to us that it's like what has happened yeah, yeah to to grow into change in a relationship does mean it's I think that it involves some measure of communication as to what's happening, like mm. I'm having these new ways of thinking yeah. of feeling, of doing, and I want to talk to you about this. I want to have a conversation around that. Like, I think that much of what happens is because we don't communicate these things with the people that we love, with the people that are around (laughs) us, in a way that they can track with it. It's like, you know, I need you to change. I need you to grow. I need you to, instead of like, hey, some things are happening in me and I'm seeing things differently. I'd like to have you in on that. Yeah, and so it's an invitation of the other person. I wish I had done that. I did. I didn't do that initially, with 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 Patty, with oh, my okay. wife. And then, as time went on, I started doing that, practicing that more. Yeah. Saying, "I'm having a different thought about something. I want to share that with you and get your input on it. Get your your eyes on this. Mm. It's not like it's up for, you know, for dismissal. Right. It's not up for dismissal. it's what's happening in me? I need you to honor that, right? But I'm also not asking you to completely see it the way I see it
0: or right I'm just inviting you into it I've hit another issue in there and I don't I haven't figured out how to solve it or where to kind of balance this out with uh, Abby and I in our marriage so throughout the course of our relationship some of the stuff that was going on internally for me I wouldn't bring up you know I wouldn't share because I didn't want to bring an unfinished product mm-hmm. because I thought it might cause more Disruption, disconnection, disorientation, as you put it. And when we'd have conversations about that, she's like, but I want to be part of that process. And then there's certain things that I would bring up that did actually cause disorientation or disruption or some confusion. And so then it would like, I'm trying to process something and then it's creating more anxiety in me. I'm like, I don't want to bring stuff up too early. But I also don't want to just be like, oh, yeah, this is just something I've been thinking through for the last six months <laughs> or yeah, something. Yeah. And then just like, blah, here it all is. Yeah. And I think it's very hard to kind of feather that in some of the closest relationships, friendships, family members, partners, where you go, well, how much do I bring into this world that might feel very foreign to them?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I don't have an answer for that. At yeah, all, neither
1: but, do I. Don't I don't you. know that there's a. Great, like, thanks for listening, y'all. Good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you figure it out, put you, yeah, you please know, let us please, know. Please uh, let us know. Yeah. www.artigrowth.org.
0: <laughs> www. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> Email us the solutions. Yeah, we yeah. yeah, yeah. Or we'll pass on it on. Yeah. We'll pass it on like stars. Sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's a, it's a tough question. It's a really tough question. I think a part of it is just like how we go about doing it can be enormously helpful. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. If how much or how little you share or and when you do it. But I do think that there's a way that it can be very, very destructive and harmful and another way that can be much more helpful, which is like, you know, here's what I'm currently thinking, but I'm not taking any action on this. It's not like anything's going to change, in, you know, in our lives. You know, if you've got a partner who doesn't like change much, you know. Yeah. Likes stability, likes reliability, likes you to be consistent in, in, in the way you show up. I think just communicating, like nothing's going to change in the immediate future. Yeah, I'm just sharing some things that are happening within me in ways that I'm changing because you're going to feel it, and so I just want to invite you into that to kind of think along with me in the yeah. space. You know, if it's more emotion based, it's like, can you join me in this space? I'm just expressing some things that are going that's going on, and again, it's not going to change anything in the immediate. Because I think if you wait too long, then it necessitates change. Like you're at the point right. where you're ready to make a real physical action-oriented change, and by that point, yeah, you're hurrying the other person along to have to track with you, to have to reorient themselves. Yeah, to I have think they're to, playing catch up. They're playing catch up the entire time. Them. Right. Yeah, I did yeah. that. Oh my gosh, I did that too. Oh, I did too. To people around me, including Patty. Oh my gosh, yeah. It was. Yeah, yes. I think
0: I've done that to most people around me mm. at some point in time, and I did. I felt bad, but at the same time, we want to communicate well with others, but sometimes when we're processing a lot of the really hard questions of life, it's very difficult to put any kind of articulation to them that's going to make sense to anyone else anyway. Mm -hmm. So I, I always feel like I want to be open, invite people into my world, but there's also when I can't name it, when I'm struggling to say anything about it. When this has been, I don't know. I've been cooking on this thing for two years, and I still don't know how to really even bring someone else into it. I think that is kind of hard. So I think, like, I have to have grace for the, myself in that space and for other people in that space. When they say there's something I'm really feeling or I'm really thinking about, and it creates anxiety in me, mm-hmm. I want to be able to be like, "Hey, you know, take all the time you need to process that, to figure that out. I'm here." As you need me. But I think in a lot of times in relationships, as the person changes, it does spike the anxiety of the other person. Mm -hmm. And so they start asking questions of their friend, partner, whoever it is. And as a way to ease their own anxiety, they start putting pressure on them to be able to answer questions they aren't ready to answer yet, to explain things they aren't ready to explain yet. And... I don't know. There's yeah. There's got to be some space for like allowing that to just be like, you know, I don't really know. Yeah. We don't say that nearly enough. Like, I don't know yet. I don't
1: know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know where this is going, but you will be part of the process. You'll be involved. Like, I'm not going to. Yeah. You know, nothing's going to surprise you, you know, because I've been, th- I've been thinking about this for a year. Yeah. It'll surprise you because I just thought of it or I'm processing it now. But better that than a big surprise of like, hey, all this change has has been happening inside me.
0: And Mm. I I hope this isn't too conceptual for folks. Like, let's Mm -hmm. see if we can give an example. Because like a couple people I know right now, they have been living and have built a life for themselves in a particular location. Um, This happened over the holidays. We were spending some time with this family. We've known for a long time. They've lived in Ohio But she's originally from a different state, and they've been just debating and like struggling with this thing of moving and going back to her hometown, close to her family. And it's something that she had been thinking about for a long time. And then when she brings it up to the other person, it's like, oh, no. Like, what do you mean? This is like uprooting our lives, uprooting our family. And so like to bring another person into a process when it's like a major, major decision, when Mm -hmm. it's a major thing that could, will literally change your lives. Mm -hmm. Like there's good data on the location you live has one of the biggest impacts on the way kids function, you know, when, as they grow up, Mm -hmm. the perspectives they have, all of that is really formed by, extended environment. We've seen this a ton with couples who were raised in a particular faith tradition. And then one of them starts having all kinds of questions. They're like, I don't know if I believe in this. And the other person has so much anxiety because what is this going to do to our relationship? Mm. Some of them are like, what's going to happen to your eternal soul? (laughs) You know, it can create all kinds of anxiety. So there is so many situations where someone starts to change uh, grow, see things differently, experience things, have to explore something that's just nagging at their internal world. And it does, it cr- can create a lot of anxiety, stress, tension, disorientation for the close relationships. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, to continue on that and adding more um, more examples that can be helpful, I think about like, My relationship to uh, an organization where I was leading a team and I kept trying, and that's the way I'd been trained, is Mm. to always have a very clear agenda and plan for the organization. And so the team expected that. And I performed. I mean, I did it. I pulled it off. But it was never really great. And it was never Mm. something that that stuck either. And so... I finally got to a place where I said, "Listen, this is not who I am. I'm, I'm faking it right now and I can't yeah. keep doing that." So that was a big that was a big like shock to the system. And I said, "You know, the other thing is that I'm not going to be the guy to reach out to my staff. No. You know, on the regular basis. Like I'm not going to be the one to check in on you, how are you doing? What's happening with what you, you know, your project." And I said, "That's just it, it's not the way I think." I will
0: Great. occasionally do it. If we're sitting down and talking. Absolutely. That's fantastic. All that stuff comes out, whatever's happening. I want to hear about it. Sure, that's who, like, yeah. I've always seen that in you. But as far as, like, I'm going to think to go see, like, oh, where is this project at? And how are they doing as they do it? And do they need anything in that? Like, that's not you. You're yeah. like, kind yeah. of, hey, do your thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. and And so when I did communicate that finally to them, it was like, they had to okay, this is gonna be a change I'm not used to. This is not what we've been how we've been working alongside of each other. They've noticed and you know that I wasn't consistent in my reaching out to them, mm. but I would still like okay, here's the plan, we're gonna do this we're gonna and that just wasn't working for me anymore, and I wanted to actually become more who I was in many mm. regards and in some cases it's it's just growing past some things too like Thinking about the politics in our home, so, or the I should say, our political views at home, and my growth through that, where I began to realize I don't think the way I was raised any longer about some major issues because I've gotten to know some people and I've heard their side. So, Mm -hmm. you know, things like I went to when I was in seminary, I I took a class itself on racism and wow, did I learn an enormous amount. I was in a class where I was the minority. And so I started hearing the stories of uh, people of color and what they were experiencing. And I was still super, super conservative in my viewpoints. yeah, And they expanded my thinking in such a disruptive way that it disrupted my own relationship to myself first. And then oh, interesting. it disrupted my relationship to my wife because I was coming home with gosh, I have never thought about it this way. Yeah. Now it's get flesh on this thing. It's
0: no longer a it concept. It was a concept, but now it's a person. Now it's a person, yeah. Who is, yeah, who I respect, who I like. Yeah, Who I yeah. think has thought more about this than I have. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so it started shifting, and I couldn't hold the sort of rigidity of the, of the doctrines I had before around, you yeah. know, these political views. And so that began to grow and shift. And so then I kind of went and one extreme and the other, I went from one extreme to the other extreme. And then eventually my wife started following and, you know, started mm. seeing the same things and she mm. was like, I, I'm totally seeing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm tracking. Now she's on board. But then by that point, I'm like, well, now I'm in a different place now because I have also started to kind of experience a, you know, even more around this and started, you know, changing again. And that change I communicated better with her because I'd realized how I hadn't in the past and just sprung yeah. things on her. And that's been helpful so that she has different views than I do. And we're okay with that. It's like right. yeah. great. You know, we we see things differently yeah. and it's important. And so for me, I think connection is has got to shift from similar similarity, from, you know, this kind of closed system where we all agree with each other, we all believe the same things. To more of that open of like, oh, no, there are a variety of thoughts and views and, and so on, yeah. but it can actually deepen our connection. I think connection then it becomes more about, I'm with you and I'm for you, instead of
0: we a- align in every way. Um, yeah. Well, you've often talked about triggers are teachers, um, but I think that often when a relationship experiences disorientation, it is the opportunity to deepen. Yeah. And I think it does move in that direction. Because I would love to have a few pointers here for people. Like, what do you do when you experience a major disorientation Hmm. in some of the relationships that are closest to you? Yeah, I I think some
1: practical things are there's a disorientation inside you. You've created disorientation in, Mm. in the system. And I think it's emphasizing, again, that the relationship does not need to be built around agreement around processing behaving the same way does not need to be based on that it can be based yeah. on something else and so you you emphasize that you care that you desire to be in connection with that person in relationship with that person you affirm that like mm-hmm, this is important yeah. to me our connection is important to me I had to do that whew, about a long time ago, but with somebody that I knew very, very well, but we had begun to grow in two different ways and we could no longer align mm-hmm. on our views. And yeah. so it was yeah. rough. Oh my gosh. Nearly every conversation got heated and we decided we wanted the relationship more than we wanted to see eye to eye on things. Yeah. And could we do that? Could we have a relationship beyond that? And so it was experimental, and we tried it. So, well, why don't we not talk about these things? Hmm. Which was hard because I did want to, and I know <laughs> he wanted to as well. Yeah, like those are, because they were important to us. Yeah, you know, they, it's not just an idea. It was like, no, these are our values. These are really deep. And so we ended up being able to do that, move forward, and and just like connect around family, around work, around you know uh, all these other things that are part of our lives, day-to-day lives, and uh, we have for now well over a decade. So, you know, it is possible, but I think it is communicating relationship matters
0: more than agreement. Yeah, I remember stopping friends in the middle of an argument and saying, I just want you to know, like, you mean more to me than the thing we're arguing about right now. So I just want to put that at the forefront and and now we can go back to arguing. Or yeah, yeah. But being okay with, yes, I think that is the first thing is like communicating clearly. Like, hey, I want to be in a relationship with you. Like, you matter a lot to me. Yeah. And this is something I'm experiencing. I'm, I'm changing and I'm growing in. I think that does ease some of that disorientation and anxiety that we were talking about. Yeah. Where... We can feel a little bit more comfortable in our skin. We can feel a little bit more comfortable with that person. And I do think that is a major component. I would also say our own awareness has to be that the relationship is going to get renegotiated many times in our lives. And normalizing that for the person we're with. Like, hey, you know, our relationship is going to evolve it's going to take on different forms, but you matter a lot to me. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what this new form is going to look like. And maybe that's exciting. Maybe it'll be even deeper. Maybe it'll be even better. But giving that sense of hope, I think, Mm -hmm. um, and authenticity, I think the combination of hope and authenticity are incredibly (laughs) well-received by the people that we want to be in connection with. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think it's always that if your value is growth, and it's not everybody's value, um, but if your value is growth, then you need to communicate that. Yeah. Like, people need to be aware that you're on a journey of growth, that who you were before, your ways of being, thinking, feeling before have also shifted, and they'll shift again. Yeah, but I guess it's important. Um, it, it helps other people to kind of go, okay, I can expect that that's going to happen but also inspires some of them to begin their own journey as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great starting point for the disorientation. It's keeping connection at the forefront when you're experiencing the disorientation, giving that person the feedback that you want to be in a relationship, normalizing that healthy relationships go through evolution, and that there's nothing wrong with any of that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That you can make space for them. And you hope that they will make space for you as you go through your own stuff. One of the most impactful experiences I had, I was, I don't know, late 20s. I think I was 28, 29. And I got invited to this refresh group, which which was like a weekend retreat. It's supposed to be like spiritually refreshing, whatever. But I was at a table and the next youngest person besides me was 30 years older than me. Oh my god. There's gosh. people that were in their 60s, 70s, 80s at my table. And one of the things they had us do was draw this timeline of our lives. And you know, mine was like short. There's like yeah. little spikes, but just not much. And when I saw just the scope of their life. And they're like, "Well, here's the 15 years I was an alcoholic." Who was a guy who just held this up is like, "And then here's like the 30 years that came after it where I was in healing and all this stuff got better." And here's like you know, here was like the 10 years I was dealing with cancer with someone else. And and you just see the scope that they have had some of the same relationships and connections throughout this whole life and realize that that must have gone through so many different changes. Hmm. When you see someone over a lifetime, over a lifespan, over a 20, 30, 40, 50 year span, you see so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I was like looking at all of these stories, my response was kind of awe. I was in awe of it, but it was also very weirdly comforting, even the really hard seasons that people went through, Mm -hmm. because it was a part of a bigger story. And I think when we are in good connection with people, we remember we are part of a bigger story. And there's going to be a lot of different evolutions to it. But at the end of the day, when we see the picture all drawn out, I think the response will be, that is beautiful. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah,
1: connection is, it's why we're talking about this is because you can, with deepening connections, with having a different type of connection, perhaps that isn't as close as you once had with somebody, you're less lonely. Mm. You, you do experience the variety, and it may not be the way you want, naturally, the way you want connection. Yeah. But it'll
0: be exactly what you need. So, thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe. And through this series, we've been posting a lot more videos on our Instagram, which is Art of Growth. Because as we've interacted with people and received feedback, we are doing videos that elaborate on some of these ideas. So go to Art of Growth on Instagram, and you can see those videos. And the greatest way in the world to support this show is simply sending an episode that you find helpful to someone else. We have never done any marketing or advertising. We have existed where we are because you have put us there by sharing us with their friends, and we continue to. To appreciate that support. So, for now, my friends, when you find yourself in a place of disorientation and you enter a land where no maps have been drawn, may you look around and have a heart that is with, so you can forge a new path forward with those you are connected to. Because in community, there is sanity. In community, there are solutions and a way to find the way forward. Grace and growth, my friends.